Be reading First Peter five through eleven. Six through eleven, excuse me. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks like a roaring lion, seeking whom may he devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Lawson told about a sign he saw in a window over in England. It said, We've been established for over 100 years. We've been pleasing and displeasing ever since. He said, We've made money. We've lost money. We've suffered the effects of coal nationalization, coal rationing, government control, and bad payers. He said, We've been cussed, discussed, messed about, lied, held up, robbed, and swindled. He said, the only reason we stay in business is to see what happens next. Now that store owner was well aware of the ups and downs of life. He was well aware that life is full of difficulties, and he was determined to survive, if only for to see what happens next. Now if we look at that statement as humorous as it can be, we can make an application to our lives as Christians as well. Now the faithful have a much better reason to hang in there, uh, to endure difficult times, than to just see what happens next. God has assured us better times are ahead, even if one is living in good times in the present. That is what makes heaven so glorious, isn't it? It is greater than anything that we can possibly imagine in this life. But even if one is living in bad times, he can learn through the Psalms that in spite of the prosperity of the wicked, the righteous will be avenged and blessed by God. Now there are times in life when we need to be strengthened. But here's something that we need to keep in mind. Sometimes the strengthening has to be done by the one who needs to be strengthened. It seems some lose the desire to fight the good fight of faith, 1 Timothy 6, 12. And we need to also keep in mind that sometimes it looks and feels as if life jumps on us with both feet and it makes us want to throw in the towel and stop trying. Well, that should never be an option for the Christian because of the greatness that lies ahead in eternity. The Apostle Peter described in his letter that Sometimes we need to strengthen ourselves. And when we strengthen ourselves, things can get better. But we need to learn to strengthen ourselves. We need to learn to strengthen ourselves. And that's the title of the sermon this morning, How to Strengthen Ourselves. To begin with, Peter instructs the reader to surrender to the will of God. That's what we need to learn to do. Sometimes, even when we know how to do that, we forget how to do it. 
To do that, one must submit to the Most High. We live in a time, and nothing has changed from the time people began to rebel against God and to disobey His wishes, when most people seek their own way. Listen, most people seek their own way. That's what has always happened from the beginning, but that has never been God's plan. And the faithful ought to want to please the Most High. We ought to want to please Him. We ought to be able to look back over the history of humanity. We ought to be able to look and see what God has done for us. And we ought to be able to say, Hey, I want to do what He wants me to do. All people need to learn and understand the preeminence of God. We need to understand, and Christians need to remind themselves of that from time to time. It's not that we forget it, but sometimes we need to be reminded. Paul told those in Colossae, Colossians 1.18, speaking of the Christ, and He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in the, all things He might have the preeminence. We don't have the preeminence. He has the preeminence. We ought to give over to Him. He told the Christians in Ephesus, Ephesians 1.21 through 23, and He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. But we must recognize Christ's authority. We must recognize not only does He have the authority in the church, excuse me, it is not just relegated to the church. He has authority in all things, right? He gave His life for the church, but He has authority in all things. He created all things, John 1, 1 through 3. The writer of Hebrews acknowledged that Jesus and the Father are co-equal. And he said, Christ was the brightness of His glory, Hebrews 1, 3, and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power. What's that mean? Upholding all things means just exactly what it says, doesn't it? Everything in existence is upheld by the word of His power. When He by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. If we are going to strengthen ourselves in this life, we must first strengthen ourselves by first surrendering the will of God. That's how it all begins. We have to surrender. We do that by submitting to the Most High. We submit ourselves. We give over to Him. And we do that by recognizing His sovereignty. That means He has full power. He has all authority. That's what Jesus said, Matthew 1.18, All power or all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Right? That's what he meant. He said what he meant. To be clothed in humility literally means to wear the apron of a slave. True humility before God is to assume the place of a willing slave, a doulos, and to recognize His sovereignty over all things. Jesus is our greatest example of doing that when He washed the feet of the disciples in the upper room. John 13, 
4 through 16. We're going to talk about that in the PM service. And he had no obligation to do that whatsoever, but he chose to do it. He wasn't obligated to do that. Of all the people in that upper room, who should have been washing feet? Well, there were 12 other men in that upper room. He shouldn't have been washing any feet, but he was the one who did it. Paul said we were Christ's bond slaves. Ephesians 6, 6. That goes back to that word doulos, willing slave. Let's give ourselves to him. But he's not a tyrannical ruler. He loves his creation. He wants what is best for all people. You know, we can can learn the way of humility. We will be strengthened if we can do that. We can be strengthened in him. We can learn what He wants us to be. And that will strengthen us. But we have to make that choice. When people seek to set themselves up, they will never bring honor and glory to God. But if we place ourselves under Him, we'll be exactly what He wants us to be. And we'll bring honor and glory to Him. He'll use us for His glory. And if we're going to strengthen ourselves, if we're going to overcome the obstacles in this life, and we surrender to Him, and we submit to Him, we can strengthen ourselves. We can look around this world, look, some terrible things are going on in this world right now, or at least we feel like they are. And, and there very well may be. I think if, if we go back and we look through some passages in the, in the New Testament, uh, we can go back and look through some passages throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, but if we look through some passages in the New Testament... We can look at some statements that Paul made in 2 Corinthians. I've been studying a, a, a passage in 2 Corinthians particularly. I've been working on a, on a sermon, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, of, of why we do not lose heart. But if we, if we go back in various passages in 2 Corinthians and we learn some things that happened to Paul, I think we learn that it's not too bad right now. It's not too bad right now. We go back to the Revelation and we learn about some terrible things that were about to happen to those folks. Brethren, it's not too bad right now. That doesn't mean it may not get terrible. And if it does, you know, we need to pray that it doesn't last long if it does. But look, Christians can be Christians under whatever happens. Under whatever happens. People can be Christians, uh, you know, We need to strengthen ourselves. We need to submit to God and we need to surrender to Him. And we can be whatever we need to be, whatever He asks us to do. And we can be strengthened. And we can be down and we can feel sorry for ourselves. Hey, look, everybody does it from time to time, I guess. I guess that comes with being a person and being a human. But we need to be able to surrender to Him We submit to Him. We recognize He is our Sovereign. That walk to the cross was a difficult one. That was difficult. And He did it for all of us. Let's do our walk for Him. If we're going to strengthen ourselves, let's overcome the obstacles in this life. Let's surrender to the will of God and let's sustain our lives in Him. That's our second point. Let's sustain our lives in Him. Him. How do we do that? We have to understand the serious reality of Satan. Satan's a reality. Let's, let's get serious about him. We're told to be sober, 
to be vigilant. That means we need to get serious about some things in this life. Who wants to prevent us from strengthening ourselves in God? Satan. Satan wants us to do that. Who is set on making our lives miserable? Who works against us every day? Satan does that. Jesus believes in the reality of Satan. The Bible teaches the reality of Satan. And the person who wants to get to heaven better understand that Satan is real. And we better act like we believe he's real because Peter called him our adversary. He's going to do whatever it takes to throw us off track. He's going to do whatever it takes to get in between us and God. He's going to do whatever it takes to cause a disruption within the church. He's going to do whatever it takes to cause a disruption within our families. He's going to do whatever it takes to cause a disruption within ourselves between us and God. He's going to do whatever it takes. And He's good at it. Now we're going to let Him. That's the question. Are we going to let Him get by with it? And we better act like we understand that. We better understand that to mean that He is our, our opponent. We better understand that He is our enemy. He is called the devil for a reason because He's a slanderer and He is a false accuser. He is the same person who attacked the very good character of the man we know as Job. Job 1, 6 through 12 and Job 2, 1 through 7. He's that same man. Who did that? He is the same person who wants us to believe we can do anything we want to do and get by with it. He's the same person who wants to see us fail. He is the same person who wants to see us go to hell. He is the same person who wants to see us give up. He's the same person who doesn't care anything about Do you think He cares anything about us? Do you think He cares anything about how we feel? Do you think He cares anything about what's going on in our lives? No, He doesn't. Do you think He's going to care anything about us when we're all in hell together if He can get us there? No, He doesn't. He's not the ruler of hell. He's just going to be punished like everybody else who's in hell. Hell was made for Him and His devils. Okay? He's going to be there and be punished. He's trying to hurt God. The only way He can hurt God is by causing God's creation to be in hell. That's the only way he can hurt God. So we have to defeat Satan. He is the same person who wants to cause all of that. Satan wants us to believe we can talk like the world, behave like the world, be a part of the world, and still get to heaven. That's not the truth. Those of us who want to get to heaven, we better get serious about our Christian lives. We better understand the reality of Satan and we better understand about his rage, right? He is a reality and he is full of rage and we better not let him drag us along the pathway to hell. Peter compared him to a lion. Have you ever thought about why that is? Because they got a lot in common. A lion is forceful. Did you know a lion is 14 to 21 times stronger than a human being? Stronger than the strongest man. Satan is much stronger than humanity, and we cannot fight him on our own. That's why we need Jesus and we need the gospel. Michael refused to fight Satan, the archangel, Jude 9. I don't believe he refused to fight him out of fear, but he still recognized the ferocity of the old serpent and the liar. He wouldn't fight him. He said, God will handle you. God will take care of you. 
A lion is also ferocious. A a mature lion can eat 30% of his body weight at one time. They're famous. They're known as the king of the beasts, the king of the jungle. All who encounter a lion treats them with respect because they know they're dangerous. We better treat Satan with respect, not a respect in, in awe, a respect, a reverential respect, a respect because he's dangerous, a respect because he wants to hurt us, a respect that we better stay away from him, a respect that we better not have any dealings with him, a respect that we know that he's out to get us, a respect that he wants to cost us our souls. We better stay away from him. We better understand who we're dealing with. He is just like a lion. You can't trust him. He's a wild animals. You can't tame him. You remember the, the Las Vegas act, Siegfried and Roy? For decades, they handled wild tigers and they thought they had them. Tamed for years. One of them ended up dying because you can't tame a wild animal. You can't tame a wild animal. That's the way a tiger is. All who encounter them better understand who they are. Satan is able to deceive, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, and he is never satisfied with his victories. Satan is never satisfied with his victories because he wants every single person to die lost. And when a person goes into eternity in a saved position, he's angry about it. And then he doubles his efforts. Lions are also fearful. A mature lion can roar and it can be heard for up to five miles. You know why they roar? So they can be heard and to instill fear. They want people to be afraid or they want, they want their enemies to be afraid. They want a possible usurper to be afraid for five miles. Satan wants to put fear into the hearts of a Christian. You know who can be made afraid? A person who's weak. A person who's not strengthened. A person who's afraid can be even made more afraid. God wants us to be strengthened. But Satan will do everything within his abilities to prevent that from happening. And he's got some. And he's good at it. The good news is that he can't be defeated. James said that if we resist him, he'll flee from us. But he's coming back. He will come back. He will return. He is very... Very persistent. Read Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. For 40 days and 40 nights, the Lord was tempted each time. And we read about the final three temptations. But He was tempted for 40 days. The final three temptations, Jesus said, It is written, it is written, it is written. And each time Satan came back in the final temptation, the angels came and ministered to the Lord. But for 40 days... Jesus resisted Satan, but he kept coming back. We must continue to resist. That's why we must strengthen ourselves. Who else is going to strengthen us? Who else is going to strengthen us? Are we just going to lay down and give up? Do we feel like it sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, sure we do. Do I want to give up? Absolutely. Absolutely. But do I want to go to heaven? Yeah. I'd rather go to heaven. I don't want to give up. I'd rather go to heaven. Let's not give up. Let's not give in to the ploys of Satan. Let's not give up our Christianity. If someone came into our homes to do harm to a loved one, I guarantee you there isn't a person out there that wouldn't get serious about that individual. 
I'd get serious about that person. Satan's doing that every day. Satan is trying to come into our homes every single day. We better get serious about him. He's trying to steal our families. He's trying to steal our congregations. He's trying to steal our very souls. We better get serious about him and we better stop him. Because he'll do it if we don't. He tries every day. How can we strengthen ourselves when difficult times come our way? Let's surrender to the will of God. Let's look to God to sustain our lives. And let's see His work as our third and our final point. Let's recognize and be thankful for His grace. While we live in this life through the difficult times, while we fight Satan every single day, while we're burdened with worries, while we always remember God's grace is sufficient for each of us. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. God has never promised to lift every load. He's never promised to flatten every mountain or smooth every rough spot. Never promised. But He did promise there would never be a temptation that we couldn't overcome. He did promise if we live faithful in this world, He would provide for us a home where we wouldn't have to lift any more burdens, where we wouldn't have to climb another mountain, where we wouldn't have to smooth out another rough spot. In fact, Jesus promised, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. His grace is sufficient. To strengthen ourselves, we need to see the grace God has given and to look to the glory we will experience. When the suffering days are over, there will be glory in store for God's faithful. What about that? That's sufficient, isn't it? That's sufficient. Our Lord said He was perfect or He would perfect us, establish us, strengthen us, settle us. But when will that happen? It might not happen in this life. It will happen in the next one. It'll happen when we leave this life, when we move into eternity to a land where the troubles of this life are over. Those troubles won't be allowed to be entered into the next life. Revelation 21, 27. Revelation 21, verse 4. It's a place where the burdens of this life will be replaced with glory and peace. Romans 8, 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. It's a place where Satan cannot follow and it is a place where God is the light. It's a place where trouble, problems, and trials can no longer interrupt the lives of God's people. Let's look forward to that day, 2 Timothy 4, 8. Let's, let's live in a way to where we can strengthen ourselves. 
because it is ourselves upon whom we must depend to strengthen ourselves and God. Do you need to be strengthened today? There's a way to do it. Surrender to God. Allow God to sustain each of us and see the work of God. His grace is sufficient. If you've never obeyed the gospel, you can't have any of those things. Paul said, all spiritual blessings are in Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 3. To get into Christ, Paul said that we're baptized into Christ. Galatians 3, 26 and 27. He said we put on Christ. Paul did Romans 6, 3 and 4. We do that through having faith in Him. Romans 10, 17. We repent of all past sins. We confess the beautiful name that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then when we are immersed in water, Ananias told of praying, fasting Saul, Acts twenty two seventeen that your sins will be washed away. And then Paul fought the good fight of faith, and he looked forward to that crown of righteousness, 2 Timothy 4, 8. If you need to answer this Lord's invitation, if you feel like that you, that you need to come back to Him in some way, repenting of past sins, confessing those sins, do that as we stand and as we sing.